Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. We are still here for another three, four weeks or months or maybe beyond that. I don't know. Uh, we're still waiting for Vox to figure out what the hell they're doing with us. Um, but we're back for another episode, and we've got a little bit of a lineup shuffle this week to talk about. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57. And let's bring in the group that's with me this evening. Up first, they're the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. On Twitter, at your host's witness, no doubt ears still ringing from the rumble, it's Shepard Price. New tattoos are itchy, it turns out, which is something <laughs> I forgot, despite the fact that I've gotten tattoos each of the last two weekends and I'm still and I'm getting another tattoo this upcoming weekend. It's just that it's on a part of my arm that is continually, like, visible and touching things, and I think that's making it itchier. I just, watched, just, I just watched the episode of The Sopranos where Tony, like, uh, like gets a really bad rash. I think it's a stress rash, and he just itches himself that he just starts bleeding all over the place. So uh, don't do that. No, don't do no, what no Tony not, Sop- especially not with a new tattoo. No. Yeah, don't do what Tony Soprano did, which is really just a good idea in general, I think, in life, just to not do what Tony Soprano did. Yeah, he was a murderer. So, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I he, think I think a lot of his activity was criminal. Um, eh. No, he was in the uh, sanitation uh, business. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Supra- sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> uh, uh, so. Also with us this evening, and we're gonna you're gonna notice the absence in the lineup right here because uh, she is not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, and she where she is the second city hockey bull and wall of text. It's Betsy. I got moved up to second line. Woo! Well, <laughs> second I, line center. I don't know how these positions work. Congratulations with... on you are the you're the now the Jason Dickinson of the podcast for oh. this week. Okay. Well, it's either that. It's either that or the Max Domi. Why are are we making Why are we making Betsy feel bad? (laughs) She is the Tyler Johnson of our team. How dare you? So she's on injured reserve half the season. Oh man, I was just about to talk about how excited I was about the new Jeopardy champ, and then we went into this. You made me sad. Um, (laughs) Well, that's. I'm I'm just preparing you for the rest of the discussion because we're talking about the Blackhawks. So you can't be we can't have good feelings associated with this team. Well, fine. I'm still going to talk about you guys should all watch the latest Jeopardy episode because the new champ is a like old lady, retired teacher, bookseller. Awesome. Knows her mythology. Beat the crap out of that annoying guy. The the guy that was the champ for a little while. What's his name? Um, Jake. From State oh. Farm? No, unfortunately. <laughs> not nice. Well, then, good, good job, Betsy. You did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you won Jeopardy. Good job. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> so we have a new addition to the group tonight. Uh, it's a new addition to the site a few months ago. Uh, he is also not on Twitter, but he's at secondcityhockey.com under the, and his uh, name there is Eric G E G. And, uh, we're going to call him because he's the new addition to the group. And this is a reference that only maybe for him, me and Mill, uh, he is to second city hockey. What Anthony green is to the sound of animals fighting. It's Eric Gegenheimer. 
Hello, good evening. I, I realized as I was about to say your name that I didn't ask you if I, uh, how to pronounce it. So did I get it mostly you, right? You, you did it. You nailed it. You All right. In bullseye, dead center. Woo. All right. Uh, that's, that's the, I think that'll be the most difficult part of the episode for me, uh, other than stumbling over my words every other time I try to talk. So, well, I appreciate it. So welcome. Uh, I, I know you've been uh, you've been on staff for a while. I know you've listened to a few episodes. What have we been doing wrong for the last year? Can you please tell us? Uh, just watching the Blackhawks. That's, ah. that's about it. There's <laughs> Good so answer. many other Good better Good hockey teams to be watching. Um, but no, I, I appreciate everything everyone does, and I'm glad to be here and to contribute. So thank you. Outstanding. All right. So we've got what everybody. Are, what Go are ahead, these though. better? What are what are these better hockey teams? And can you name them? There There's are, so many there more are, fun yeah, teams. There are thirty one yeah. of them. Well, thirty. Thirty at the moment. Yeah. Twenty nine. Okay. okay. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Twenty eight. My team I'm gonna, is very. My team is very hurt. Like I'll say, they're like these are lies you're saying about these better teams. <laughs> I mean, Eric's been doing the uh, reverse standings update every Monday with the the Dying Hard series, which, by the way, Eric named that himself. It is a great name for that uh, series. Awesome. But um, so I, I feel like if anyone is as familiar, anyone in this discussion is uh, going to be familiar with what the bottom of this NHL standings look like. It's going to be Eric. So uh, I don't yeah, know whether to say you're welcome or I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to come out swinging. I'm going to make a bold statement from here. I think that Columbus is going to win the lottery. There's, especially after now, like Nyquist is done for the year or pretty much the year. Like they, I saw somebody somewhere said like they should win it based on karma because they're the only team that wasn't trying to be this bad. They actually, (laughs) yeah, no, I agree. But um, they don't get Connor Connor Bedard and Johnny Goudreau. How dare they? (laughs) It just, it feels like everything that's happening to them is so bad this year. And I mean, I guess it has been in Columbus for quite some time, but that, that something is going to come out of it, some ray of sunshine for them. And obviously that would be the biggest one they could possibly get. We but, can have Adam Fentelli. That's he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very good. Uh, he's, well, no, nah, I was going to say he's, he's from Michigan, but that may not work well. And well, he's not he's in Columbus. From Canada. He's yeah. from Canada and he plays at Michigan. So never yeah. mind. Yeah. That train doesn't work. It's I'm, I'm wrong. Well, there are other kid, but, Kent Johnson, he was from Michigan, right? He's their their kid center right now. Yeah, he's for good. Columbus. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they can be buddies. I tell you, I'm I'm still more worried about Anaheim because that 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 team just, I I feel like uh, Anaheim still ha- or excuse me, Columbus still has Goudreau and Patrick Line, who are like legitimate, really good star players. Anaheim has Trevor Zegers, who's still kind of coming into his own. He's still very young, and who else? Anyone else? Uh, like they're, they're, no one else. They're second line center. Yeah, well, McTavish. They're, they're McTavish. Yeah, and McTavish. that's that's exactly that's exactly what Connor Bedard needs to be a third line center. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm very I'm still very worried about Anaheim. Uh and actually the Hawks play the Ducks next Tuesday at the United Center, the first game after the All-Star break. That's going to be like that's gonna be an interesting game. Cause like maybe Hawks fans will cheer when Anaheim scores. Like that like that's where that that the important part of that game. Somebody um, has to win. So yeah, <laughs> it's, the, I I will I will I would wager heavy sums of that game just somehow ends up going to overtime just just because. So they bring back ties just for that game. 
<laughs> they should b- both teams forfeit. No one's going to play the game. They're just going to cancel it and refund every ticket because nobody gets any points. Yeah, yeah. No, you, no points. You lose. Um, so we do have a few topics to get into this evening. Other than all of that, um, we're not really going to talk about Bobby Hall because like he died on Monday. Uh, he wasn't a good person. He was a good hockey player, but he retired before any of us were alive. So I don't think any of our Blackhawks fandoms are associated with him in any way, really. And so like, I'm just going to pick up that whole chapter of Blackhawks history. I'm going to throw it over my shoulder, and I'm never going to look or think about it again. And I'm, I'm just glad it's done with. Um, so we're going to move on to the, the present-day Blackhawks. And there's something that came out today over at The Athletic. Uh, Scott Power did a couple mailbag series. And in the second part of it, which came out on today, which is also known as Wednesday, as you're probably not listening to this on Wednesday, but the whole point here that I wanted to get into, it was kind of down the middle. It was just Power's general idea that he doesn't seem to think that the Blackhawks are going to resign Taves and Kane. Was that because, Eric, you were the one that mentioned this to us. Was that the general implication that you were getting that? Yeah. And that I feel like this is the strongest language like in that vein that I've seen anybody use so far where it sounded like, you know, it was more than just kind of conjecture. And he yeah. was speaking like with, you know, a little bit of, of knowledge or foresight. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's Davidson hasn't come out and said anything at any point about like the possibility of them coming back. It's always kind of, you know, hemming and hawing stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just interesting. The tone of it kind of struck me a little bit because I don't feel like we've kind of heard that tone from anyone yet. Because I'm, I'm going to read part of this paragraph verbatim because I think this is the part you were talking about where Scott – this is Scott Powers writing. Uh, his words are, I think a couple of things happened this season. For one, it doesn't sound like the organization has made any pitch for them to resign. Uh, there would have been contract talks well before now if that was a likely possibility. Maybe that changes, but I doubt it. Secondly, I think the season has worn on both of them more than expected. Uh, they came into the season thinking they could defy the everyone's expectations and carry this team potentially into the playoffs. That obviously hasn't happened. Um, so is, is that the section you were talking about, Eric, or was there a different? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. So I'm going to swing this over to Shay first, as we always do. Um, I, the question I have is if the Blackhawks don't trade Taves and Kane at the deadline, should they resign those two in the summer? Cause I have an answer, but I'm going to let you start. Uh, I, <sighs> yes. To one-year contracts, because I'm a big per, I'm a big proponent that you can't waste assets like that, um, especially when those assets are two of your most legendary as uh, after the death of quote unquote a legendary figure, uh, two of your most legendary figures um, after Stan Makita uh, in the organization. You can't let those guys walk for nothing, um, even if you're tanking. And this is me saying this is the the, the firm proponent of the tank. Um, you can't let those guys go for nothing. Um, you need to get something in back in return. I know Kane's not Kane this season, so maybe re- like I'd I'd resign him right now to a one year extension and then do this all again next year. Okay. Um, yeah. Real real quickly because you mentioned Stan Makita's name, I was going to make this point earlier and forgot. Um, when everything happened on Monday with Bobby Hall, I found myself going down a Stan Makita wormhole and just like looking up everything he did. If you want to feel good about somebody from the Blackhawks organization in the past, just go read about Stan Makita. He was a delightful person. He did incredible things on and off the ice. 
Um, if you want to feel better about the Blackhawks or someone in the Blackhawks organization, Stan Mikita is the place you want to go. He, here's the, the thing. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. If you want to feel good about Blackhawks players in general, just look at the Slovaks and then just don't look anywhere else. <laughs> okay. Look at look at Makita and look at Hosa and then you're good. Fair point. Um, uh, I heard Betsy laugh or maybe scoff when you started talking, so I want Betsy to chime in. I don't even remember what I scoffed at, honestly. It um, was, I believe Shay said yes, and then I heard something from your microphone. Oh, uh, it wasn't a scoff then. It was a I agree laugh, like a because my whole my whole thing falls right in line with that. Um, first of all, I think the Blackhawks, if they don't trade them at the trade deadline, have done a terrible job. I mean, Davidson didn't do hit the work he should have done. Um, I know that the Kane and Taves have all the power because of their no movement clause, but you have to be a good enough GM. Like if you're not a good enough GM to convince them to go for it, go for a chance somewhere else. And even if your hands are tied and you don't get a great return, you should at least be able to push them somewhere, anywhere that's not here. And if he doesn't, Davidson has sucked as a GM. That's just my honest Mm. thing. But if they don't make it, um, I definitely think they should be resigned. It's not necessarily for flipping purposes, but because they're going to have a lot of kids in the lineup, hopefully next year. Hopefully it's not a throw another season of who gives a fuck players in the lineup. Um, <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's who they are. Um, and right now there's like these rumors Oh, will Max, will they resign Max Domi? And it's like, no, no, I don't want those vets. Oh. He's been fine, but I don't want, I don't want those vets around the kids. I want, I'm fine with Taves and I'm fine with Kane if they're going to be there, especially if they can get Bedard because However you feel about Taves, he is considered one of the best captains on the ice. Um, and that's something that Bedard could learn from. And then if Reichel comes up, Kane is a perfect player to watch and emulate from that perspective. And maybe Nazar, Nazar makes his move. I know he's coming back to the NCAA, so he might stay another season because he was hurt most of this year. But there's all kinds of things that the kids could learn from them. So I wouldn't mind them coming back. And I think Powers even said in his article – he was like, if they did, maybe because he was like, I, he said, no, it's not going to happen. I think I think he even used the phrase as of now, it doesn't sound like the organization has any pitch to resign them regardless. So that's interesting. But he did say something about, well, if they did, maybe a two year deal would be yeah. good or something like that. And <clears throat> I don't mind that either. Uh, I don't th- I don't think they have to get assets for them. After that season, I think they needed to get them now. They do need to get them now. They need to get them now so bad. They need to get them now. Eric, what about you? What are your thoughts? I kind of have two different thoughts. The first one is the the cynical part of me kind of wonders if it doesn't all hinge on whether or not they get Connor Bedard. Because if they get Connor Bedard, I think that they could bank. That's the excitement. That's what's going to help you sell tickets next year. That's what's going to bring you know people in to come and see this kid. I don't necessarily know that that's the case with like Fantilli or Leo Carlson if they both end up playing at the NHL level next year. So then you need somebody to be there that's going to make it interesting. And that's kind of Taves and that's kind of Kane in that regard, obviously, because they're what people are going to see right now. Essentially, that's it. Um, I also kind of wonder if there's a point where I'm curious if they 
who would go first of the two of them? I kind of feel like Kane would be the first one to go because he'd bring back more. And maybe there's a point where it's not worth it for them to even trade Taves. Um, or if the return that he would get back might not be enough to kind of make it worthwhile. Um, that I feel like in that instance, if they both get traded, I don't think they're coming back. I think that's enough to kind of, they're no longer Blackhawks and they'll go kind of pursue what else is out there. If one or both of them end up staying after the deadline, I feel like for whatever reason, the odds are kind of stronger that they would just stay for their duration. Whether that's, you know, another season or two, or, you know, Kane's always said he would play till he was 40 something or whatever. He wants to break all the records, obviously all the American Mm. records, but so that's kind of, that's what I've always felt like. That's what I'm feeling like lately. Yeah. I don't, Go ahead, Jay. My my issue is they'll always be Blackhawks. Like it doesn't matter what the, the, <laughs> yeah. the logo on their sweater is. They're gonna have a statue next to Michael Jordan. Um, they, yeah. Like they'll they'll always be Blackhawks. Look at Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith played us a year with Edmonton. You know whose organization he's back with now? Ours. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he and he's never he's probably never gonna set foot in Edmonton again. Yeah. Except like if his family's up there. I like, guess the only reason. But yeah, not for hockey purposes. Um. Cause my, doesn't my he thought, doesn't he have a job with Edmonton though? I thought he had a job working for Edmonton. Yeah, did like a scouting. Sh- I don't. I'm, I'm gonna effort this while I'm talking. But I'm anyway, all all I know is that he's showing up at all the Blackhawks Hall of Fame nights, and I don't yeah. expect that to end anytime soon. Yeah. Oh sorry. no, of course not. So, my my thought on this was that, um, I think Eric, you said like if they get traded in the next month they're gone. They're not coming back to the team as players. I think that that ship will sail out the door and it will be gone. Um, I just, I I've always just, my general feeling and hunch has just always been that they just don't want to leave. Like I, I, and I have no inside knowledge. I've never talked to any of them in my life at any point, nor do I have any inside sources. I just, from the outside perspective, just, I guess what I would describe as the vibes I've been getting is that I don't think they're going anywhere at the deadline. And I don't like, my big thing is, um, what would it, it, it would not affect the team in any way if you bring them two back next year, because whose spots are they taking that? Like what young players would they be blocking from the lineup? The only guy that's going to come up next season. That's a young player is Lucas Reichel. Are there any other forwards who are going to come up from the minors next year or from the juniors? I don't think so. Like they're all, they're all still a year or two away. Maybe they, and he's and he's what like a third or fourth liner anyway. Yeah, he's gonna so, be at most a third liner. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to be they're like my big thing with as this was more on the blue line when they have they have so many veterans now. Some of That's those true. guys got to go to make room for the young guys that are coming up. They don't have that at Ford right now, so I I don't see. I don't see those two as any sort of obstacle. So I would bring them back for another season. I think the other part of this, and I think we're going to get into this more this month and maybe down the road. I, I think if the Hawks land Bedard or even Fantilli, like um, that's the end of like the tanking part of this equation. If you get the first or second overall pick, like it's time to go forward as an organization. That doesn't mean you go all in and try and win the cup next summer, but you're done with the teardown portion of the process. So you're trying to win games as much as possible. I'm not telling you they're going to be any good next season. They're probably going to suck again, but um Keeping Taves and Kane around will make the team better next season. So you should have them on your team. 
And there's also the logistical side of things where they got to pay it. They got to get to the salary cap floor and somebody's got to get that money. So might as well give it to those two because they've brought so much to your team already. Well, so one thing that Powers did mention in his article about Kane was that he felt like Kane was frustrated because he's not clicking with anybody, which is something that Kane has never really felt in his entire career. And he's played with everybody from like he's played with really great players but he's also played with people like hanzus okay who <laughs> and art of an yeah yeah, yeah who but who was the other guy on that players. line <laughs> yes <laughs> but he's played with guys that he was really good with and he's always been able to make do i mean how excited did he sound talking about fucking jason dickinson of all people because yeah. jason dickinson was just where he needed to be and could throw a stick where he want, where Kane wanted him. Um, but yeah, so, so I can understand that maybe Kane might be frustrated because on a personal level, because yeah, he wants to break records, but how he can't break records with like, who's been on the team. If they don't get Bedard and that's not a guarantee, who's Kane, who's Kane going to play with next year? They keep not wanting to put Reichel with him. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could see why, from that perspective, they might both be, fr- like, Kane specifically would be frustrated, and that Taves, I don't know, he always seems like a guy who wants to win, and he would be perfect as, like, a third-liner on Colorado or a third-liner on Boston. And could you imagine either of those teams topping their teams off? Because while Taves isn't the Taves of years old, he's still easily a top nine on a good team with good support. I can tolerate Jonathan Taze with the uh, with the Avalanche because I, I don't really hate Avalanche. Uh, uh, like I know they're the they're the defending Cup champions, but there's nothing really about their team that's hateable. I would I, just Jonathan Taze in Boston would not sit well with me. That would be a very unpleasant experience. The only way I can think about it is that I'm like, well, at least Bergeron would be I, there, and I would be happy for Bergeron. I just I can't I can't I can't let no. I'm sorry. I, I think I, it, 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 you're absolutely right. It totally makes sense, but it would not be, I, I can't okay. stand that. I would, I, I would not want to cheer that much for Jonathan Taves to lose hockey games. Here, I absolutely would. Go ahead, Shay. Here comes my hottest take. Brad okay. Marchand seems fun. I know he, he does, like right? Fun. Did you guys see the Peter stuff? Oh, he seems like a fun guy. All right. Look, he made fun like, of Steve and, Dangle, and, and which he's, is totally just. He's also, let me say this in an, in, in a, in a fucking, era when the New York Rangers are shutting down their pride night because the multiple most likely here's what here's that here's the situation that happened this weekend multiple players because they have multiple Russians it's, it's always the goddamn Russians uh, <laughs> oh boy. They, they they likely wanted to protest the pride night oh yeah. I thought um, I thought the news came out that the players didn't like that, that didn't come. Like the player, I, the player, I, I, I thought the it, it was staff. like it's somewhere in the front office, and they like yeah. the players were not privy to it at all. Yeah, I think that they, I think they were thinking that they were going to have a problem with their Russians, maybe, and wanted to nip that in the bud. But the players themselves actually never got the opportunity to even yay or nay it. Um, Still, when 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 <laughs> it's probably a legitimate fear because of Ivor Provorov. When yeah. that's happening with gay with with the LGBTQ community in hockey, when Brad Marchand is as vocal a supporter of the LGBTQ as he is, I like I like Brad Marchand more than ninety nine percent of hockey players. All right, I, I will I'll give <laughs> okay. So uh, 
it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to make that comparison about like a, a certain figure who recently died, who was bad off the ice, but good on the ice. And Marchand's the opposite of that. I don't want to go down that road. Cause that's not fair to Marchand as much as I, I just, I have always, I, I will say I have no use for Brad Marchand, the hockey player. I think he's obnoxious. I think he sucks. I don't think he's ever been, I think he's been riding coattails his entire career. He annoys the hell out of me. His face is stupid. I hate his ugly nose, but he sounds like he's a nice guy away from the ice. So good for him. He's a hundred point player. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's a great player. I just, he's I'm sorry, there was arguably a Hall of Fame player. Six in his, games in, his second, in 2013. Career. I, I didn't realize I could hate a hockey player after six games as much as I hated Marchand after that Stanley Cup series. And it has never gone away. He occasionally crosses the line too much, and that's where he gets a bad rep. He's obviously got some issues that he needs to work out on the ice. <laughs> But he's a great player and seems like a really awesome guy. <laughs> like oh, even oh. prior to this Twitter stuff, he always seemed like a really cool guy off the ice. But like, just my thing is in a in an era when when hockey players are as robotic as ever in a sport that doesn't like to promote personality, and they don't use social media enough. Yeah, Brad Marchand doing that. I will. I will say I'm entirely here for him trolling people on Twitter. I, I yes. think I. I like that little in, entire rant I just went on, like I, I do, you were both correct. I do wish more hockey players would get that out of me. Uh, so I guess I, I have to concede that point. He's at least, he's at least interesting. Well, well, that's the word I'll land on. I appreciate it when he took that kid's phone too. Do you remember that? <laughs> I think that was earlier this year. The kid was trying yes. to film him walking off. Yes. Practice and it's, I'd yes. like to think he kept the phone too, and he didn't give okay. it back to the kid. <laughs> okay, because because that's like the Marchand personality to me, the ultimate heel. He yes. took the kid's phone. Correct. Yeah. Well, he's no MJF, but he's not a bad heel. <laughs> I, wait, I. Uh, this is where we're going to put Betsy to sleep. I forgot, Eric. Are you a wrestling fan at all? No, I just know the term. Okay. Because because have, we, we, we don't, don't need to go anymore. Then. <laughs> okay, then we don't need to go down that road anymore. <laughs> Shay knows where I'm coming from, though. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you, Shay. I, I appreciate your virtual nod in my direction. Um, I was I was thinking of, like, who 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 he's a better comparison to. Mm. I don't have anybody in mind right now. Yeah. Duh. But, all right. The If we keep talking, you guys might actually make me take back some of the things I said about Marshan, and I refuse. Uh <laughs> I still, I and, and and no matter how much we continue this conversation, I do not want Jonathan Taves in Boston because God forbid those long-suffering Boston sports fans have another cup, cup or championship contender on their uh, on their radar this season. That's I'm, I'm, they've been waiting so long for a championship in that city. It's so disappointing for them. <laughs> they yeah, should have it? won in 2019, and they should have beaten the, yeah. the Blues. Yeah, and that's you know the championship. I forgot they about won. that. And I, that actually, thank you, Shay, for bringing that up because I'm still pissed off that they let that happen. What yeah. good? The one season, like they beat Vancouver in 2010 or 11 or 11. Yeah. Um, and they they did they kept Vancouver from winning, which was like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So I allowed that one to to slide. Uh, I they should have do it done it again in 19, and they fucked it all up. And now I have to listen to Jordan Biddington be a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, and that just doesn't work for me. There you go. That's how we get get you back on the anti-Boston bad way. All right. There we go. Thanks, Shay. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's this gotcha. is a group gotcha. effort, and I that's that's what I that's what I appreciate about this group. There you go. When when Marshand is being cool, just take your Marshand hate and point it at Jordan Biddington. 
there he he absolutely deserves all of it no problem the uh any way i can call him a baby is like my favorite thing right now he's such a whiny child i just i i wish that you know sky point i wish ray emery was still around Oh. So that him and Bennington could go have a little chat somewhere together. But there, there would be no world in which that would want to. Um, I forget who the other goalie was, but Ray Emery got in a goalie fight with somebody. The goalie skated out to challenge Ray Emery to a fight, and he ripped his helmet off and threw off his gear to get ready to fight. And it looked like he was laughing. And I have a just a life tip for everyone out there: if you're about to fight somebody and the other person is laughing, you don't want that fight. Because Ray Emery was a trained boxer, I believe. So when whatever goalie was decided to fight him, Ramsey's like, "Oh, I'm going to beat this guy to death." All right, maybe that's well, then it. Hope it was Holtby, right? No, Holpe was the one. He he like jumped Holpe. Holpe oh, yeah, wanted yeah, no yeah, part right. of it, and then he just. I yeah. remember being like, "Not the hair, not the hair." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think I want to say it was Damian Rhodes, but no, this would have been a very. That's the lost Rhodes brother. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And there we go. We brought it back to pro wrestling again. Is <laughs> everyone happy? Um, it looks like he fought Martin Buran a couple times. That was who it was because Buran was like Buran was not very big, so I think Marty Buran was the guy, not Damian Rose. Damian Rose might have been too old to be that guy, but yeah, Marty Buran, who was, uh, I, he was kind of tall, but I remember him being like he was. Ray Emery was a, a like for a goalie, not only like he he had decent height, but he was also like. Not like the really scrawny, wiry type. He was pretty jacked. And, and again, I believe he was a trained boxer or had boxing a boxing background. So uh, not a person you want to fight. Um, all right. Well, uh, I we had some other topics to get to, and uh, I think we're going to get to them. But we got to take a quick time out first and uh, come back on the other side of this break. And we're going to get into that stuff. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, had a few more things we wanted to get into. Uh, initially, just wanted to touch on really quickly the uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs. I've uh, had a rough go of it lately. Uh, they had lost seven in a row. They did win a few nights ago to stop that f- brief free fall. Um, and uh, we will have an article at the website on Thursday. It'll probably be published as you're reading this or as you're listening to this, excuse me, um, by Betsy on everything that's been going on with Rockford. So, Betsy, I, I don't want you to spoil the entire article, but if you want to give us a few highlights or cliff notes, mainly tell us about Lucas Reichel in Rockford, because that's the only player that that's the main player we care about right now. Uh, well, from a high level, the Ice Hogs, have, they're like broken offensively. Um, <laughs> oh, that's reassuring. Uh, I mean, they're broken defensively, too. So, spoiler, <laughs> in their last nine games, they've only scored 2.1 goals per game, but they've allowed 4.1 goals per game. The, that does not add up to a lot of victories. No, and they've lost like 7-2 to two and 6-2. to two. There's been a lot of like really lopsided wins or losses. And like half of them or a little over half of them have come against divisional opponents. So that's part of the reason they've kind of free fallen. Um, But Reichel has not looked right. (laughs) If you want to get to it. I mean, not a lot of them have they, the team as a whole has been been playing just, it seems slower. If you want to like part of the re part of the reason Rockford was doing so well and scoring so well is because they were, very good in transition and playing with pace. And they just haven't been doing that lately. 
Um, I don't think it's helped that uh, there's been a lot of yo-yoing of players that are really important. Um, Reichel, mm-hmm. of course, but Phillips, um, even Roos going up, um, losing those types of players up there. But then um, uh, Brett Sini, uh, who's one of the veterans on the team, along with uh, Luke Phillip, them going up and down also hasn't been helpful for them. And they've had a couple of injuries uh to some of their, their other guys. I, I want to come back to the thing you said about Reichel not looking right. Is that an injury thing or is it like... No, just, I just don't think he's looked. Okay. So it's the same thing that happened to Regula when he first came down. He looked disjointed when he rejoined. Um, oh, and he talked about it as a mentality issue. Like that he wasn't in a good headspace because he felt like he didn't get a... Like he essentially said he didn't think he got really a chance in with the Blackhawks and he thought maybe he should have gotten more time essentially. And then you have Reichel who said stuff like, I think I've done enough to stay up here. And then he gets sent back down, even though Richardson even said he should stay up there. So, so right? basically all our worst fears about them, like damaging the psyche of Reichel with all this shit. It might yes. have and then that's Great. And then you've, got, you've got Soderbloom <laughs> who also immediately went down and didn't do well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's had some rough games, too, I remember hearing. Yes. And so I'm like, I'm a little worried that they have this. The yo-yoing of this is not good for them. (laughs) Um, It took took Regula about a month to get back. um, And Reichel, he still he had four points in eight games, which is the lowest point total I think he's ever had in a in about that span. Um, Definitely the, the lowest point per game that he's ever had in a 10 game span prior to that. Um, I don't think he's ever been below like 0.8 <laughs> and this season, he's never been below like a point per game in every 10 game cycle. So I think he went three or four games without a point um, at one point, And that's the longest stretch he's ever done. And on top of that, I think all of his points were assists, which mm. he's just not scoring. So I don't know. I don't think he has an injury. I don't want to say it's like completely mental because the entire team has been shitting the bed. So let's just hope that it's a team thing and he's disjointed because of that. But I hope the Blackhawks as an organization haven't done bad. Like haven't, <laughs> have, haven't. I, I yeah. They haven't, I, I hope that they they haven't handled this poorly and it won't impact him long-term. Yeah. I, I think that the hope is that this is just a blip on the radar and like, progress and development is not necessarily linear. So it's not always a straight line upward. There are some peaks and valleys. Hopefully this is just a brief down slope and it's back up. Uh, it goes back up North real soon. Cause uh, yeah, he did. He did assist on the game winner um, and the game. They just won and scored in the um, shootout and look, okay. silky doing it. So It was one of those Kane-ish kind of uh, shootout goals where he kind of slowed down at the end, not quite as showstopper, but yeah, it was was nice. Okay. Uh, Shay, do either one of you have uh, burning AHL thoughts? I mean, I don't love to hear that the the, the prospects that are supposed to be good in the the coming years, like Isaac Phillips and uh, 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 Soderblom are not doing great after – uh, yeah. and an experience with the Blackhawks. That's and not, like, and they, and, and they, I remember them saying at the start of the season that like one of their goals was to have their prospects down in the AHL playing meaningful games and like in a playoff chase and all that shit. And I believe they're still in the playoff standings, right? They would still be in the playoffs if they started today, but 
Uh, losing seven in a row is not conducive to staying in the playoff positioning. So that's that's not great. Uh, Eric, sound like you were had something else to add? I uh, know. Is, is Sadovlam playing again? Has he been playing? Who's who's been their goaltender this last little bit? Uh, Soderblom and Wells. Dylan Wells. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because they called up Stalver and he won two games in Chicago while nobody could win in Rockford. So, this, like, obviously the season was going to be weird because of everything that's going on. But there's there's been like little just pockets where things have just been like weird to a degree that is sh- shocking. That that is more shocking than I expected. Like the stretch where they lost twenty one of twenty three. Like they were going to be bad. That's impressively bad. So. Uh, hopefully all that ends and Rockford figures shit out and they're good again. And then there's some development happening down there because that remains my biggest concern. I don't know about the other three of you, but that remains my biggest concern that anytime a Blackhawks player would go to Rockford, a Blackhawks prospect, I should say, it seemed like when they would go to Rockford and spend more than a season there, we never heard from them again. And then they got traded. Um, call it like the Jeremy Morin experience or the Brandon Peary experience. I know maybe those players weren't great, but it just like, it goes back to our one of our tropes of they haven't developed a, drafted and de, uh, drafted and developed a defenseman. It's a lot of D's since Nicholas Jalmerson, and that was closing in on twenty years ago. So, ugh. all right. Every every time I say that, it just like I shudder a little bit. But that's. Ugh. I mean, you can make the same case for goalies. It hasn't been one oh. since Corey Crawford. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were there were there were a few like kind of bright spots. Like, oh, they did. I don't think they drafted Anti Ranta. Um, no, he was, he was he signing. Darling like, was a signing. Yeah. So yeah. Everybody so, yeah. Carter Hutton. Yeah. Well, and and he well, really Lank, actually having a pretty decent year at Nashville, but I mean, he was another he, international yeah, he was free agent. Yeah. 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 Um, and then same thing with forwards. They haven't. I mean, they <laughs> well, they this, flip on them. You know, yeah. you you bring it, Taravainen. Schmaltz. Yeah. Well, it, like he didn't bra- do anything enough for the Blackhawks. Yeah. yeah like that's and- my problem. It always with the Blackhawks drafting is they, they're not, it's not like Bowman, his, his top picks, not all of them were bad. And a lot of them went on to be useful players, but very few of them were useful for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like even yeah. like Trevor ran reams, like hasn't been terrible in Washington. I think like Eric Gustafson's having a pretty good season. If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Carl- Carlson's hurt, so he's been like their top power play guy. He's yeah. got a, bu- a bunch of points for him. Yeah, so, whatever. Yeah, I, I just that's yeah. Strom feeding him on. The, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. The the ex Blackhawks and the the amount of ex Blackhawks in Washington is is alarming. Um, the New Carolina. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I I just that's you know if you get. Bedard or Vantilli, they're probably not going to need much development. They're going to go straight to the NHL. Uh, it's it's all those other guys that are in between that need to be turned into something. That uh, that's the part that still worries me about this whole operation they're doing. Um, I saw but, somebody uh, said somebody was talking about Fantilli going back to Michigan next year. Yeah, we, uh, I, I wouldn't I, be opposed to that. So part of so if you look at the like last few drafts and how the top three players have been rushed and not done well once they get there. Like it takes them a while at Jack Hughes. You've got the kid in uh, Montreal this season, um, whose name I'm never going to try to pronounce. Slavkovsky. Um, yes. Slavkovsky. Um, you guys, you guys all know my pronunciation struggles. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, there's, it's just been such a, it's, 
uh, like a shit show almost that they rush these kids. I understand they're like, okay, they're top three picks. They should go. And they, some of them maybe are ready, but maybe not in the situations they're putting them in. So Fentilli staying another year in college couldn't hurt him probably. Um, I mean, it, it worked for Taves. They, they drafted him. They kept him in at North Dakota for another year. And then he and Kane showed up together. So that's yeah, what I, I could say. And if and if Nazer's back next year too, and if I mean the Hawks end up with Fantilli, then you have potentially Fantilli and Nazer playing together yeah, in Michigan next year. Yeah, then we're singing hail to the victors at every Blackhawks game. So um, Well who's who's gonna be on their team next year if they yeah. end up with Van Tilly and he goes back to Michigan? That is uh-huh. That's some, some nightmare scenario. Some the other good, really the good news players. is, uh, the good I believe news his is name whoever, is Who Gives a Fuck. That's his name. Yes, yeah. the good, <laughs> and, and the good news is, whoever that first overall pick is next year. <laughs> See yeah. if they can't get him. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. The, so I, I think we've. If we go too much further down this topic, we're all going to get sad again. Remember, we're trying to avoid this. Um, so I want to talk about something that's actually legitimately fun. Uh, I. Uh, so this weekend is the all-star break. I believe on Friday night is the super skills competition. I think the game is on Saturday, if I have that correct. And uh, Eric and I had a side discussion about this earlier in the day. And I, Shay and Betsy, I wanted to get your two opinions on this because I love the super skills competition. I think it's wildly entertaining. I think it's way better than the game. There's something cool about when they, they isolate the skills that these players have and you get a, you get a very like up close display of just how good they are at some of this stuff. I think it's incredible to watch. Do uh, I, I, Eric, I, I let you chime in on this as well, but Shay and Betsy, do you have similar thoughts on this? Not really. I'll throw out my take. I think they need to start inviting players just for the skills competitions. So oh, as to improve, so as to improve those competitions even more. Um yeah. get like get like the actual fastest skaters instead of just the all-stars who are fast. Um that sort of thing. Uh but because uh, there's there's always guys who are really, really fast skaters like and- Andreas Athanasiu who are just not all-stars. Yeah. Um, I would I would love to see like the, the hardest shot competition like uh, like it was Chara forever. Like I don't. Yeah. Is it Hedman now? I don't know who the guy. Is Carlson. That... Do you okay. know what would be fun if every team got to like however many events there were that they got to pick somebody from their team that they would send for those events. So like the Blackhawks would pick their best skate, like their best passer, their best mm. hardest shot taker, their fastest skater, and they could send like a little contingent to. Yeah. See. <laughs> yes, and do that. Do that instead of having get like making making every team be represented in the All Star game itself, and actually just invite the best yeah. players. It's it like and, it's the, that it's way a, you're representing everybody. It's supposed to be a like a fun exhibition of how good these people are at what they do. So I'm absolutely on board for inviting non All Stars to this. I think that is a great idea. And I mean, uh, I'll, the, I'll call Gary Bettman tomorrow and let him know the best <laughs> moments of an all-star and like recent memory was when John Scott was invited. Like <laughs> if they could get something where it's not just these like robot kids <laughs> to be there too, that would be, that would be great. Ro- as well. Robot kids. Um, Eric, I, I, I didn't want to steal all your thunder. So I will let you talk about what you, I, cause I know you enjoy this like I do. Uh, so what, what is it about it that you enjoy? No, the same thing. I, I like watching the individual skills and seeing, I remember I always liked hardest shot when mm-hmm. I was a kid, you know, and 
I feel like too, I mean, it's one of the the things that NHL kind of got right from the beginning once they introduced this. Yes. And I think the, the NBA kind of saw what they were doing and then they started doing some of the different obstacle course and the different challenges kind of based off the model that the NHL created. So we have one thing that the NHL actually did <laughs> first and well, like that's and like, and, but like they should legitimately like credit them for that. Cause they, there's not a lot of things like that, but that's that. I feel like that's one that they, uh, they, they knocked out of the park as soon as they started doing it. And I, I Absol- wish, yeah. And, and like, it's uh, the one, uh, the one thing, and I swear, like I, if I ever get a chance to ask NHL, play, uh, a high volume of NHL players, this, I want to know, I want to know how good goalies would be in some of these competitions because like, you know, like they're, they obviously have a very specific skill set that they work on the majority of the time, but like some of them got to be able to skate and stick handle, right? They showed, like, I think there was a video of flurry from Blackhawks I, practice last yeah, year. I would and love, I forget who he was scoring on, but he was lighting them up. Like, I just think it would be fascinating just to see some of like, just to see Vasilevsky and non, goalie gear because he's like with all the goalie gear because of how huge he looks in that it would look so minuscule in just like standard hockey equipment but i want to see if he can skate and shoot and whatever i and i wish they would just one year just let like let the goalies do the breakaway challenge or something just one time i just want to see which one of them can do it because some of them got to be able to play and and have players try and play goaltender because I want to see who can actually play. <laughs> well, that goaltender. that that might be where I feel like the players you didn't step in. Like we don't want to get anybody hurt. So I I could I I'm totally on board with your idea, Shay. But I feel like they might frown upon that because that's just because to, nobody else's groin is strong enough. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to <laughs> pop a hammy or whatever. So I I don't know if they would uh the end uh the the players would go for that, but um. I would absolutely, if they, if they were able to push that through, I would be on board with it. Like the, uh, the NFL, like their pro bowl weekend, like they pretty much got rid of the game cause no one, they, they barely even played football. Uh, and they're doing like, they're playing like dodgeball and Frisbee golf. Like they're doing a whole bunch of goofy shit. I'm going to watch every second of that. Cause I think that I'm fascinated by that. I want to see, I like, I like watching pro athletes do things that are not their own sport just because I think it's impressive to see just how athletic they are in other areas. I'm, I'm in, intrigued by that. May, I don't know if I, everyone else shares that, but that's, that's one thing I, I will watch that all the time. I want a universal all-star game where it's the <laughs> best, best athletes With from they, it, from all folk, from the big four all against each other way back in the 80s. I think it was in the eighties and I don't remember what they called it, but they had like essentially like a track meet with pro athletes. And I think like Deion Sanders won the hundred yard dash, like Bo Jackson was in it. Like they, they did stuff like that before, but now because of all the money involved and players getting possibly getting hurt, like it, it, it all died away because of all the money they got involved. But I absolutely would be here for that. Shay. I just, uh, it just doesn't seem like it'll ever happen, unfortunately. So, um, you know, sorry, sorry to rain on your parade. All right. Well, I think that's going to end uh, the hockey discussion for this evening. Uh, but we do have a uh, a fresh participant here in the uh, food, best food themed hockey podcast on the Internet. And uh, Eric, like I, we, we were discussing beforehand what we wanted to do here. And I think what the idea is, we're just going to kind of just go back to some of our yeah, we'll we'll call them our greatest hits. Yeah, what the fuck? Let's call it that. We're gonna go through our greatest hits in our food take library, 
our food take discography, if you will. And we want to give you an opportunity to tell us if we're right, if we're wrong, uh, or whatever. So um, I don't know where you'll Betsy. I think we'll let you start um, with your grits discussion. And and I guess um, is there anything particular about grits that you want to ask Eric or or uh, your thoughts on grits that you wanted to share or something? We'll see where it first, goes from here. First, I want to know is so it's tiered. What are your opinions on just regular grits? You know, base basic grits, butter, salt. Then have you tried fancier grits, uh, shrimp and grits, Cajun grits, anything like that? And then what are your favorite grits? Just a general grits discussion. So yes. Yes. all the grits. Weird, we're into weird territory for a second. I actually lived in the Bahamas for one year. And so we had a lot of shrimp and grits in the Bahamas and they were fantastic, but it's very different than I'd imagine most shrimp and grits in the United States are. And I'm not a big shrimp person, but I still enjoyed them. Um, there was a restaurant that my wife and I used to go to a breakfast restaurant and they did Parmesan grits. And those are like outstanding. Like that was one of my, I'd go there and I could almost just eat that and not even eat anything else for breakfast. They were so yeah, good. So. Cheesy grits in general are amazing. Parmesan is by far the best cheese. To I, I can confirm cheesy grits are delicious because I had them last fall for the first time ever. And they were, they were wonderful. I will say, I feel like at least up here in the North, uh, the majority of the grits that you get are not good. They're pretty bad and just kind of bland. And even with trying to season it yourself, I feel like it's not, especially once you've had good grits. Um, but I'm very pro grit overall. Success. You said that you've been to Waffle House though. And I know they don't have, I don't think they have any in like up North. They have them in some States up North, but I don't think in, I think to my, to my knowledge, the farthest North you can get at Waffle House is in central Indiana. Cause I was down there for college and there was a few down there. Um, and that's like, like, uh, there might be some in, in Indianapolis. I don't know. Then that's smack in the middle of the state, but my college, like 30 miles east of that, uh, there was a Waffle House there. I think that's the farthest north you can get, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't think there's any in the Chicago land area. There's one there's- in St. Louis. Cursed be that city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's further south than the Indy area. I know there's some in Ohio and there's, yeah, okay. we, we, we hit one of the Ohio ones at one point driving out to New York. Um, I don't know if that'd be further north or not than whatever the ones in Indiana. I just are, know Georgia, Georgia has more Waffle Houses than anywhere else in the nation combined. Um, also, because I looked up the map just now, one of the fun facts that <laughs> the site has, believe it or not, every Waffle House serves enough grits to fill 86 semi-trucks. See, don't, don't say you never learned nothing new listening to this podcast, folks. What? What is that daily? Is that yearly? Is that <laughs> monthly? Every that year, weekly? I assume that means yearly. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Shay. That's how many they're going to make tomorrow. I. That's a lot. Of <laughs> Honestly, I'd believe it. It's a lot of grits. Damn. But anyway. yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> so I guess just the general thought is just your general. Do you have a Waffle House? experience memory thought take anything in that vein eric well yeah we my we went on a vacation we went to south carolina a couple years ago and we ate there i think like four times like two on the drive down and two on the drive back and i feel like the more you eat there the worse it gets (laughs) (laughs) it's it's kind of like 
once or twice and you're like, yeah, like it's, it's crazy. It's kind of dirty and weird, but like, you know, the, the waffles are pretty good. And then by on the way home, it was like, there was nothing else around. Like we were hungry. So we're just like, all right, we stopped. And then we're kind of like, we're, we're good on waffle house for quite a while. I think after this, so that'd be my waffle house take. Okay. It's definitely go when you get your shot, Dave, take your shot and then don't. Yeah. It's like, we- it's like mid- medieval times or something. <laughs> like every couple of years more often than that. And it's just the, the, the mystique is gone. The mirage is gone. We, like, and, I, I know we went there many, well, I should, I would say a handful of times in college, but it was never before like two in the morning, which I think is the point of waffle house. You're not supposed to go there while the sun is up ever. No, it's, I w- really want to find this Anthony Bourdain quote. Um, about oh, that was a that was a good one, yeah. When he Waffle, Waffle House, House because his his so if nobody Anthony Bourdain is obviously one of those um, like travel blog guy, like mm-hmm. expert on food across the world, and Waffle House was absolutely one of his favorite places to eat in general. And uh, okay, so an irony free zone where everything is beautiful and nothing hurts, where everybody, regardless of race, creed, color, or degree of Inebriation is welcomed. It's warm yellow glow, a beacon of hope and salvation, inviting the hungry, the lost, and the seriously hammered all across the South to come inside. A place of safety and nourishment. It never closes. It's always, always faithful and always there for you. He's called it a magical spiritual (laughs) place. (laughs) I love all that. But also, um, within the last month, uh, the main thing I've learned about Waffle House is do not try and get into any sort of altercation with any of the oh, staff. No, but that's because you. Oh no, no, no! The staff—they will kill you. <laughs> I told you when that you when you came here, when you came to Atlanta, and you were like the Waffle House was closed, and I was like, oh, it's kids. They got there. There was too many fights past a certain time, so they were doing takeout only, so people yes. wouldn't come inside. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but so, to be fair, upset. in Atlanta, you also we we recently talked about this. You have a murder Kroger. <laughs> that's true shay messaged me on slack and was just like hey question is murder kroger a real thing in atlanta and i was like yes i go there often wait what what please murder please, kroger please, please <laughs> okay, so there's, a, there's a kroger in atlanta it's on ponce um the alone avenue uh it's in the ponce highland area which is actually depending on where you are on ponce is a, either really rich or really poor and at the time of some of these murders, this was not a, it was pre-gentrification. Um, some of them were post though, but there have been four murders in the parking lot or the building next to the parking lot that's like attached to Kroger. So it became known as Murder Kroger. Um, there was a lady shot there in 1991. Uh, somebody was found dead in a trunk in 2002. A, I think I want to, I want to say Georgia state student was found murdered inside the lofts next to the murder Kroger. And then another guy was shot in the back parking lot of Kroger in 2015. Jesus Christ. This thing has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I'm laughing cause it's hilarious when, it's, so I went to Georgia Tech, and when you take the shuttle, because that's the that's the store they take you to, or did when I was at school, the bus driver was literally like, okay, we're going to the murder Kroger, just FYI, 
And that was like the accepted 100% description of this. And in fact, the Kroger has been rebuilt. They tore the old one down and have a new one up because that whole area is nice. But people still call it Murder Kroger because that's where all the ghosts are, I guess. I don't. I. How is this not a Netflix show already? (laughs) Like there's. I shop at Murder Kroger. I'm. The new Kroger is really nice looking, if that makes sense. <laughs> we used to park, there's there's like a, sh- there used to be a shady um, music venue that the stairs collapsed all the time on and people would get hurt on, but people would still go to it. I don't know why. I Was this the House of Blues in Chicago? Was Corey Crawford there? <laughs> that would, he didn't, the stairs didn't collapse on him. He, he collapsed on the stairs. They are very, they are very treacherous. I've seen them. But all I know is that despite that, Kroger being semi-dangerous because it's not just that people got murdered there. People got like mugged there a lot too. When people would park in that parking lot to like walk across the street to go to that venue and hope for the best. Like it was like, whatever, it's time to park and murder Kroger and hope I don't get murdered. Um, I've been, as, as we've been having this discussion, I've tried to like rack my brain. If there's like a local place that I just, any sort of local place that has like, there's like some sort of death associated with the name somewhere. And you just, it becomes like you, I imagine because you've been referring to that place for so long, it doesn't even register in your mind that like, Oh, people die there. Like you just, Oh yeah, that's the murder Kroger. Like, like that's the Kroger down the street. It's just, that's such a, I, I, and I've, I got nothing. I, I don't have anything to match that, but God murder Kroger. That is, I, that might be better than any food take we've ever had. Just that whole lesson. I enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad I could help. Next time we'll talk about um, Lake Lanier and how it's a haunted lake and kills lots of people every year, but people still keep going to it. There was an Atlanta <laughs> episode about it. We're going we're yes. to change from the best food themed podcast to the best murder mystery themed hockey podcast. North Georgia. Well. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to where every, I mean, it's, it's, the lake is built over a town that has a cemetery in it and everything. So of course it's. Um, I was trying to think if there's any other food things that like, I, I like, I was trying to think if there's any other greatest hits to play, but the, the tangent that developed out of the last one was so good. I don't even matter. <laughs> like Shay, did you have any quickly? Any, uh, one thing yeah, I just, to get, go ahead. I need, I, I have two takes. I need, I need you to, uh, I need, I need two of your takes. Uh, what do you, okay. what are your stances on eggnog and, uh, candy corn? <laughs> Oh yes. All right. Yeah. Uh Oh, um, I don't, I like candy corn occasionally. Yeah. Not, not all the time. And I, but I actually like the, the little pumpkins that are like, yeah, okay. it's like the same. I like the pumpkins more than candy corn. Um, and a pro eggnog. I like eggnog. Oh yeah. Correct takes. Good job. Yeah. I, I don't, did it. I had some really good eggnog during the holiday season this year, and I don't know if I shared that in this space. And if I didn't, I apologize, Shay. But there, there's some good eggnog out there. I don't eggnog know if I, all, I all, all eggnog is good. Well, except except yeah. non dairy eggnog. I have like I had a, a sip of oat milk eggnog, and it was like, ugh. why? <laughs> I just had a drink called a coquito, which is like Puerto Rican eggnog, and that was also very good. Uh, the, the only thing I wanted to get uh, Eric as I know you, we, we briefly talked, like, I know you have, I think like most people in the Chicagoland area where you are as well, uh, we all have 
very specific pizza opinions. And I, I, is there one in particular that you wanted to share or just one thing that you want to get off your chest about pizza? Um, cause like we've, I feel like the, the whole thing, like the deep dish first tavern style, thin cut or thin crust pizza. I feel like that debate, like that is entirely for like the tourists. Uh, cause I think that's a n- pretty much a known thing among Chicago, like the Chicago area people now that, like deep dish is here, but it doesn't really get eaten that much. I don't think, but, uh, is, did you have any other thoughts in the pizza world that you wanted to share? I mean, I have lots of pizza thoughts. Um, but <laughs> I guess, I guess the, the main big, I mean, I don't think Lou Malnati's is very good. Um, huh? that's fine. I, I every, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of the fine is the word I was using. Yeah. It's, it's all frozen. And so there's, there's no moisture in it anymore by the time you cook it and it's okay. Like it's fine. It's it's nothing great, but I mean, I just, I guess my overall, my biggest pizza take in general is just that there's no, like some people are like, Oh, New York or Chicago, like good pizza is just good pizza. There's not like one style that's better than anything else. It's like the restaurants itself. They're, you know, obviously there's good ones and there's bad ones. I, I mean, I, I could totally get on board with that. I'll, I feel like anytime the pizza discussion comes up about like the regional, which one's the best, like people always slip like a New Haven pizza into the discussion, which uh, I, like the I don't know how big New Haven is. I'm aware it's in Connecticut. Small. I, for sure. Yeah. And so, so I want to go have it just because if it has a reputation, like it's got to be good, right? Go go ahead, so Eric. The, when when all the original pizza chefs came over from Italy and immigrated to the United States, they went to three places. They went to Jersey, they went to New York, and they went to New Haven. So okay. it's kind of three different styles of pizza. But yeah, they're like Sally's, and it's they don't call it pizza. They call it a beats, but it's spelled like A-P-I-Z-Z-A, so a pizza, but the, for whatever reason, they say a beats. But so there's like three super old famous places in new Haven that, and it's like its own style kind of, it's like thinner than New York. It's a little bit crispier and they cut it really weird, like angular shapes. Um, but so that it's like low key, one of the best pizza cities in the country. And you know, nobody really knows about it every once in a while. And that's like, if you've ever had peace pizza in Chicago, um, that's kind of like new Haven style. That's their version of new Haven style. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think I like your initial point that just like all of these people, I, I, like there's so much desire, like some people want to rank them and which one's best and argue like it's all really fucking good. Just go eat it. I, I think that's that's where and I, I can totally get on board with that philosophy. It's all good. I'm the, I don't really need to rank them because I'm going to eat them all anyway. Absolutely. Pizza's my favorite drunk food. <laughs> I think we had that conversation once. I too. think pizza. I, well, hey, all right. Pizza or Waffle House? Oh, so Waffle House is better hangover food. Pizza is better while you're drinking food. That's I. I appreciate how quickly you had an answer for that. Well, breakfast is great for like greasy food is really great, and Waffle House is greasy as fuck. So, um, the greasier the better. <laughs> all right. I'm not sure what accent you were going for there, but I appreciate the effort. All right. <laughs> any any other thoughts before we wrap up this whole episode here? I think I think we covered a lot of ground. Uh well then uh I guess we can wrap it all up. Well uh Eric, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Appreciate you making your second city hockey podcast debut. 
Um, just really quickly as a general overall thing uh, regarding the future of the website, which I, we talked about a lot last week that at the end of February, Vox is no longer going to manage or monetize our website. Um, I still don't really have a good answer for what's going on beyond that because I haven't really gotten an answer from the people in charge. And if that sounds like it's very frustrating that we don't have an answer for you, I am also incredibly frustrated because I don't know what the hell is going to happen to this website. Um, so know that we might still effort something beyond it. I don't really have any answers in that space because I just don't have answers from the people who decided to end our website. So uh, when we get more information, we'll pass it along to everyone else, either here or the website or Twitter, whatever. Um, but keep an eye out for that, uh, whatever that's going to be. Um, but again, thank you, Eric, for hanging out this evening. Uh, Betsy and Shay, a great time as always. Uh, Shepard is on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. Eric is there as well. I'm there as well, but I'm also on Twitter at DML57, unless I get banned again for sending hate tweets to avalanche fans or whatever um and secondcityhockey.com is the place where you can find all our uh previews recaps and all that good stuff when uh, the hawks get back to action but there's going to be a lot of prospect stuff this week with the hawks taking the whole week off um so thank you again to everyone for hanging out thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you next week